I turned it into a screenwriting competition. I came in third place out of 75,000 people. Flew from Tennessee out to um, LA. They gave me some really good news and I flew back from LA to Tennessee and went home and told my wife, um, baby, uh, I know we just got a brand new house built and we're gonna have to move out to the West Coast so I can pursue my film career. As I was leaving Tennessee, going through like Arkansas, Louisiana, I'm getting all kind of phone calls from people. Hey, what's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, Tony, man? Uh, I heard you leave in Tennessee. I'm starting to write movies now. I'm not barbing anymore. But you don't know anything about writing movies. What do you know about writing movies? Have you ever wrote a movie before a day in your life, Tony? I'm like, well, actually, Chris, I did write a movie. It came in third place out of 75,000 people. But yeah, Tony, man, you know, man, they don't want you out there in Hollywood. Now, we have been friends for like 20-something years at this time. Good evening. I want to talk to you today about never give up on your goals and dreams. The reason this is important is because if you let naysayers get inside of your head, and sometimes naysayers can be family, friends, close associates, just people who you may respect. If you let the naysayers get in your head, they will divert you from your goals and dreams. But you have to be strong enough to not let any naysayer get in your head. And if you know what you want to do with your life, make sure you do that. Never let anybody try to tell you anything different. Never let anybody try to pre-plan your life out for you on what they think you can have and achieve in life. What I'm gonna be talking about today, I'm gonna to tell you my story. I'm gonna tell you the story of how I grew up and my young entrepreneurial life. We're gonna be talking about how I acquired my family barbershop, me leaving Tennessee and moving out to the West Coast to pursue my screenwriting career. Then we're gonna talk about a few of my failed businesses that I had and how I pushed through. When I was born in the 80s, I was born in East Nashville, Tennessee. And my family is a business-oriented family. We own barbershops, beauty salons, real estate agencies, uh, brokerages, and things like that. So I was raised primarily around my grandmama and my granddad, two very business-oriented mind people. Being raised in a house around business-minded people, when I was three years old, my granddad wanted me to be an entrepreneur. So he built me a little lemonade stand so that way I can get the gist of talking with customers and you know making money and things like that at a very young age. All of these like local kids and like parents would come over to my grandmama's house and buy lemonade from me for like a quarter and things like that and it was like dead uh, hot of july so people love the lemonade thing they were like oh man tony this, this lemonade is really good you know I'm like hey thanks man years later still with the entrepreneurial mindset i moved away from the lemonade and i started working over at my family's barbershop so what i was doing over there was i was cleaning the hair off the backs of the gentlemen who would get done getting their haircuts. You know, I make sure all the hair was off their shirts and stuff like that so they can go back to work or whatever it was they were doing. Now, I'm 15 years old, sophomore in high school. My granddad started getting really, really sick and my granddad may have been like in his like early 60s at that particular time. And he was getting really, really sick because he has sugar diabetes. He was like, son, something happens to me, I'm gonna give you the keys to the barbershop. Instead of me getting the keys to a car and getting my learner's permit, I received the keys to a fully operational and functional business that had been in establishment for like 55 or 56 years at that particular time when I acquired it. I had some really big shoes to feel. For years, I cut hair, but I was also thinking of other things that I wanted to do. 
I started dreaming. I started having other goals and, and things I wanted to accomplish in life. And when I was about 26 or 27 or something like that, I was really booming in my barber career. But I want to do something a little bit different. Like I don't want to be in the barbershop for the rest of my life, but that's not the life that I want. I'm like, I want to be a movie writer. I want to write movies in Hollywood. That's what I want to do. You know, I got a creative mind and things like that. So at this particular time right here, that's when I had met my wife. And she was like, Tony, if you aren't really satisfied with cutting hair, why don't you write movie scripts? Why don't you do that? I wind up starting writing a movie script. Then me and her wind up, you know, getting married. Still cutting hair during the day and writing movies at nighttime. So that way I can live out my goals and dreams of living the Hollywood life, being on TV, having my name in front of the world. I kept shopping my craft, kept writing my movie script, kept writing it. If you're ready to take your journey of mindset mastery to the next level and dive even deeper into mindfulness and also meditation, well, I've got a fantastic resource just for you. Inside, you're gonna find step-by-step -step instructions, valuable insights, and also practical exercises to help you enhance your mindset and bring more positive changes to your life. Whether you're looking to conquer challenges, unleash your potential, or simply find more peace and balance throughout your daily life, this guide is the roadmap to success. To get your hands on this exclusive resource, all you need to do is click the link below in the description. Then, eventually, once I got done with it, I turned it into a screenwriting competition. I came in third place out of 75,000 people, flew from Tennessee out to um, LA, talked to a few producers and things like that. They gave me some really good news, and I flew back from LA to Tennessee and went home and told my wife, um, baby, uh, I know we just got a brand new house built and we're going to have to move out to the West Coast so I can pursue my film career. As I was leaving Tennessee, going through like Arkansas, Louisiana, I'm getting all kind of phone calls from people. Now, here's where the naysayers start coming in. At. Hey, what's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, Tony, man? Uh, I heard you leaving Tennessee. Oh, yeah, Chris, man, I got to go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to write movies now. I'm not barbering anymore. But you don't know anything about writing movies. What do you know about writing movies? Have you ever wrote a movie before a day in your life, Tony? I'm like, well, actually, Chris, I did write a movie. It came in third place out of 75,000 people. But yeah, Tony, man, you know, man, they don't want you out there in Hollywood. Now, we have been friends for like 20-something years at this time. I knew he meant well, but if I were to listen to him, you wouldn't be seeing me today. See, whenever you're making power moves in life, people will divert you. So when Chris was saying all this to me, what about your family? What about your friends? What about your customers? To him, I sounded selfish. So we got into this huge argument about me and how I think I'm better than everybody. I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and I'm that. Once I made it to California, I'm writing movies with this you know, particular group of people. Oh, we was having a good time hanging out there things like that. But then, see, the stuff that I wrote about in that movie script that got me qualified in third place, that was a movie script about my life and things that happened negatively in my life. So I took the lemons that happened to me, I squeezed them, and made a fresh glass of lemonade. I wind up changing my script because the people in Hollywood was like, Tony, man, this script is garbage. Yeah, man, it's too much action. It's too much violence. It's a lot of explosions, a lot of gunfire. And I seen a lot of this stuff that I write in my movies in real life. That's how my neighborhood was, was and everything. It's not like that anymore because of gentrification. 
But at that particular time, them 80s and them early and mid 90s, so many people lost their lives and stuff and these Nashville, it's ridiculous. So the things that I wrote about on my movie script that the first initial producers liked, the group of people when I got to Hollywood who I was working with now, they hated it. They were like, oh, Tony, man, you need to make this right here. Man, you need to make a family-friendly movie. And you see how when the producers and stuff were telling me that my stuff was garbage, I knew it wasn't garbage. So what I wound up doing was I stopped writing movie scripts because I realized that I got tired of paying people to read my scripts and it was this one other producer I hooked up named Jeff. I paid him like $1,500 to like read my movie script. When I stopped writing movies, that was the hardest thing for me because I had to go tell my wife that. So I decided, you know what, what if we sold coffee? took the money that I made from writing the movies and invested in a coffee business and a cosmetics business, both at the same time, which was a terrible mistake. And the reason it is, is because once you're trying to focus your brain on two or three different things at one time, because coffee and cosmetics are two polar opposite things. Once we finally, with the coffee, got a really good product out, here's what the naysayers start coming in at. Once my wife took the coffee to her medical job, people was like who made this coffee it's really good and then what's my wife said oh yeah me and my husband this is our business oh man you know this is the worst coffee i've ever had it needs to be tested when that happened right there the naysayers kind of got into my wife's brain a little bit but she kept powering through even though these were some of her managers and some of her team leads and her supervisors because my wife has the same mindset that i do she's not gonna let anybody deter her we was like you know what let's not do the coffee anymore because you know that's something people got to consume and so now my income is dried up i have no income coming in except for my savings what i had already you know had saved up from you know right movies and things that i already had saved up in the bank so we were living off of that i knew that i had to go out and get me a job i was looking in the paper found a job that was an exotic car dealership now at the exotic car dealership i seen that i got paid weekly off like well this is kind of similar to my income I was making at the barbershop because I was making money every day at the barbershop but in the car business I would get paid like weekly cash you know get bird dogs and you know stuff like that what wound up happening was I sold an $85,000 car on my second day so my sales manager was like Tony how the fuck did you sell a car of this magnitude in two days without no car selling experience outside of you selling your 1985 Mitsubishi Galant on Craigslist and this is where my life again started to change for the positive. And Alejandro was like, Tony, can you teach other people how to sell cars like you did? So I immediately went home, told my wife the great news. Oh, baby, now look at this commission check we finna get. Ooh. So my wife was all ecstatic and everything like that. I took us out to one of the fanciest restaurants in town. So at that time, I started preparing different sales trainings and things like that. Here come the naysayers. Hey, Tony, man, uh, man, I heard from such and such and such and such, man. You ain't writing movies no more, man. Go on, come on back. What kind of work you doing there, Tony? I work at an exotic car dealership and my sales manager, he's helping me train these associates here on how to make more sales. Oh, Tony, man, what the hell you know about making sales, man? 
You don't know how to sell nothing. You don't even know how to sell a damn haircut. But see, me living in California, me doing this and me making sales and training people, see, that was above his thought process. It wasn't above my thought process. It was above his thought process. And had my mind hadn't have been so determined and so focused, I may have perhaps listened to him. I went back and I started creating all of these like sales trainings and things like that, these programs. And then I was like, man, you know what? If I could do this for this exotic car dealership, I'm going to go back in business for myself again. I like making my own goals and dreams a reality versus being used as a resource to make other people's goals and dreams a reality. I'm getting ready to quit this uh, car job, right? And my wife was like, why are you gonna quit the car job? You made a really good money. I was like, babe, look, I got something bigger for us and please just, you know, be with me on this. My wife looked at me and she seen how serious I was. I thought she was gonna be like, hell no, nah, fool. Once I'm coaching uh, the people at the dealership, now I wasn't working there no more. Now I was a contractor with the car lot, so I took my experience from that and I wind up writing my novel which is called The Art of Customer Service. What wound up happening was my book wound up selling big time overseas. So for that particular relative who told me my book would never make it and a few months later my book did make it. Before we go I want to leave you with this bonus right here and this bonus is very important. When I reached certain level of success my wife and I we had wound up purchasing our home and when we purchased the home, we had a housewarming party. At the housewarming party, oh man, I think it's too much. Had we had a downed ourselves to make others feel more secure about their life, that would have been like us saying, you know what? We hate our house. We got this house for a really good deal. We don't really want it. See, that's downing yourself to make others feel more secure about their lives because a particular friend who said that, they wasn't secure about their life. They lived in a certain size house and that's all they wanted. But me and my wife, we wanted a certain size house and we achieved our goal. Sometimes in life, others who may they not have achieved their goals. They want to hear you down yourself. In a nutshell, never ever demean yourself to make anybody feel good. I don't care who it is, mom, dad, brother, sister. Never ever ever down your efforts and your accomplishments that you've accomplished in your life to make anybody else feel happy. If you do down yourself and your accomplishments, your accomplishments will eventually be taken away. And I hate to say that because if you're telling the universe, oh, I want this, but then you on the back to make your uncle feel more secure about himself, you're dining your beautiful 3,500 square foot house to make him feel good and he doesn't want nothing but an 800 square foot house. See, everybody in life has their own thing and that about wraps it up for today's video. Until next time, I'll catch you later.